Podcast. I'm one of your hosts and cult leaders, Jordan Garcia. Right next to me, I have Armando Arvizu here, and uh, we're getting a little after hours over here, just trying to have a good time. Oh, is that you're gonna just do that for every every? Uh, I don't for know. Every title. I mean, that one worked. That yeah, ob- <laughs> yes. They might not all work like that. Yeah, no, obviously not. But uh, Jordan, what do we usually do here on the Criterion Cult Film Podcast? What we like to do, for those who haven't figured it out yet, you already joined this cult, so figure out what's going on. Uh, just kidding. You know, we, get, we might get new listeners all the time, so we like to explain. What we like to do here is we like to talk about a film that's already in the Criterion co- uh, Collection, and then one of us, each episode, brings a film that we believe belongs in the collection, and we talk about it, argue about it, discuss it, just see where the conversation leads us, see where the film takes us, see where film takes you, for Christ's sakes. Let it, just let loose, let it, let it take you somewhere, let this podcast take you somewhere. We like, vote it in and out yeah, and we see... Yeah, like these movies might take you somewhere. Exactly. We're trying to see if these movies belong in the Criterion Collection, because we're the Criterion Cult. That's what we're all about. And today, it is my episode. I am bringing the films um, from the Criterion Collection... We're going to talk about the Martin Scorsese cult classic, After Hours, had just been put into the collection um, uh, just very recently. Um, That is going to be spine number uh, 1185, 1185. So it's, 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 you know, it's, it's It's a newer one. It's a 4K one. Yeah. And then later we're going to be talking about uh, the Safdie Brothers good times. That's what I'm bringing to the collection. But for now. We're going to go after hours. And I know what you're all thinking. You're probably thinking, well, you should have you should have paired Good Time with Uncut Gems, right? That makes more sense. Why, does that, why does that make more sense? Well, because they're both Safdie Brothers films, and they're both on the same... They both basically have the same kind of feel. I mean, it's the same... They're both they're, they're essentially the same movie in a lot of ways, uh, just like different... You know what I mean? Different story. Yeah. Different stories. Yeah. Uh, same kind of vibe, same kind of like uh, soundtrack and stuff, but... I paired it with After Hours for a reason, and we'll get into that. Uh, After Hours, directed by the god, the goat, the Martin, goat. Martin yeah. Scorsese, uh, 1985. Uh, here's a little uh, synopsis from Letterboxd. Please, Letterboxd, give us a call. When it's after midnight in New York City, you don't have to look for love, laughter, and trouble. They'll all find you. They're, they're not lying. An ordinary word processor has the worst night of his life after he agrees to visit a girl in Soho, whom he met that evening at a coffee shop. Uh, okay, yeah, that pretty much sums that up. Yeah. Uh, who's in this? You got Griffin Dune, uh, Dunn, sorry, Griffin Dunn as Paul Hackett. You have uh, Rosanna Arquette as Marcy. Verna Bloom as June. You got Tommy Chong as Pepe. Linda Furrient, Fer- Fer- how do you say that last name? I don't know. Furrientino as Kiki. Terry Garr as Julie. Uh, the great John Hurd as Tom the Bartender. Cheech Marion as Neil, Catherine O'Hara as Gail, that's right, two of the Home Alone parents, uh, Will Patton as Horst, and uh, quite a few other, uh, oh, and then also the great late Dick Miller as in a cameo as a waiter. As the waiter, yeah. Yeah, and so though we're talking about After Hours. Um, right off the bat, let's just get into it. Martin Scorsese was on a lot of cocaine when he did this, <clears throat> and, and it shows, um, because... I think that, okay, so the pacing in Good Time that we'll talk about later is like very fast paced um, in like a different way. A little frantic, I would say. More frantic. Like after hours, 
is fast paced in a way that it's more so just there's a bunch of stuff coming at our character but it's not you know it's not cut up where it's like super cut you know what i mean like that we're good time yeah the like editing going, isn't like right. so yeah so fast paced i guess right uh, after hours but it still is kind of uh uh this sort of you can't close your eyes mm-hmm. you're just sort of being bombarded with all these things yeah. right uh, and that's like the first impression I got when I first seen it. So this is my first. This isn't my first time seeing it. Um, I've seen it before. Uh, thank you, Criterion Collection, for bringing it to the collection because I think it's a, a great. I think we would have probably talked about it eventually. One of us would have probably brought it if it was never, you know, yeah, like brought in. Um, but so it, it's it's a cult classic in the sense that like it, it came out in '85 and Martin Scorsese he had done already the stuff that we know like right Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Streets, yeah. Mean Streets, like the stuff that's like. We were looking for that from him. And so even like the King of Comedy didn't do so Out of the so womb, well. we were looking at, at but, that for him. I mean, yes. you know, no, I, that's what I mean. Like we just sort of, you know, because a lot of us, especially who are a lot of our first introduction to him is Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. So we expect, you know, you just kind of expect that. You just, you know, it's dumb to say that now because it's not true. But you just sort of uh, thought of him as like the gangster director. Because I'm just like, yeah, Goodfellas, Casino, you know, Mean Streets. Yeah, it's uh, like it. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Because obviously, Mean Streets and um, well, yeah, all three of those: Mean Streets, uh, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull. They're all New York films, and this right. is and this is a New York film. But you know, it's from the other side. Uh, like you know, it's a different kind of. It's a yuppie. Yes, it's New York yes. Film. So we're, it's a word processor. Yeah. Uh, New York. It's, it's a guy not... that feels like he's being a, like you know. A, not a degenerate he's like you know helping society and sort of like you know he's just stuck in the cog right of the you know of society of like you know you have to work you have to get a job you have yes to yeah have a, uh, even like you know have a family all these kind of like morals but this guy you know on one night he's just way too horny and he has to <laughs> run around run amok and you know which is and okay, take that but, and take that to the streets. But 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 you know it's it's a little you know it goes a little deeper than being horny. But yes, that's what yes he it is. does yes for sure. So I mean basically the way that it starts off is it shows you in his word processor office, and it's mundane. You just hear the clicking, the clacking, the paper, all the stuff like you know. There's no color. It's just beige. Yeah. Even just, his, like his suit. Right. You know even like and yeah and even like you know when he goes out he's just wearing like this beige suit. Yes. And then not until later when he gets something on his like some color on his like. You know, white like button up. She gives him a black shirt, which kind of like pops. Right, which pops amongst more. The, his beige shoot. You know, yes, suit. Where it makes him look less like the yuppie, like the yeah. business guy. Yeah. And so at the beginning, he, you can tell he's just sort of done with it. He sort of just takes a glance at this girl. The camera follows her, but then he sort of just like notices everything else in mm. the in the office and realizes that this is not something he wants to do. Yeah. And so him leaving his office, the building, it's like literally this huge like 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 gate. It looks is like if you're leaving a prison. It felt like, like it looked kind of almost like a Brazil for a second when uh, when they show that gate. Oh, when him, right, like, right, Walking uh-huh. out of it. You yeah, know? I thought you meant the so, country or the, the <laughs> no, the film, Brazil the Criterion <laughs> film. Yes, like, yes, Terry yes, Gillian. yes. I was like, you know, there was like, there's like stuff like that in Brazil. But yes, the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like it has that like big pearly gate kind of thing. But to me, like I, I felt it more of like a the way he walks out of it is like kind of like he's being released on bail or something. You know, and he's like fixing himself to like go out into the world and like try to find himself because he's even in that prison. You know, now, now, now that we're talking about it, even like he's getting kicked out of Oz. It's like, yeah, go see what's out there, you know, and 
you're well, gonna, you kind of you're gonna well, come thing back. Is, I don't know if because the thing is that he, yeah, I guess that's kind of it, right? But the whole thing is that he just it's just like no place like home, right? Like that's kind of like the whole thing. It is kind of has but that, that Wizard of Oz that's vibe. Kind of his home, his his stupid job, his mundane job. Right, but it, that's what I mean. Like it's not Oz though. He, like he goes into Oz when he goes into the like the underground. That's I guess why that's why I feel like the the those gates just feel more like a prison. Like he's trying to get out of it. Or he feels like he needs to get out of it. And once he does, he realizes that, like, oh, yeah, like, no, I, I I, need to go back home. I need to just go home. Like, and that's why he ends up, like you said, with the beige, you know, suit. He ends up in that clay, you know, thing. It's just all beige. It's just, like, white. It's just plain. He just, he ends up back in that. Yeah. You know, and then he just falls off the truck and ends up back in front of his job. And he got no sleep and he just has to go back and do the same thing. And that's, yeah, it's like um, those... So there's in good time too. He's also trying to like break free of like you know his grandmother and just being like and then try to get his like you know he's trying to like get out of being there in New York right. They're trying to get away and here he's just trying to get away from that mundaneness. But he he enters this world that isn't like I mean it's not like super crazy right. Like he's not like getting guns pulled on him and things like that. But the people are just so the way they speak to him and the way that like which is also where the comedy comes from. But, like, just the way that they are is just so, like, you're just kind of like, what? Like, and that, you know, uh, the, you know, the late, great Dick Miller, I believe that's what it was. Uh, he says, you know, it's after hours. You know, things are different around here in yeah. New York City. Like, that's, like, the point, right? Like, but I think you said it when we were watching it. You said something about, it's like, you know, it's like a different, like, level of hell. And that's also another thing, too. Yeah, it's Whereas Dante's like, Inferno, where it's, like, right. the seven, you know, seven circles of hell. And, and, and this so is the seven circles of horniness. I, I see. It. Yeah, seven <laughs> circles of horniness. And then you're right, because, like, now that I kind of see that, too, he's just been in hell. And when he gets dropped off back at work, it's like the pearly gates of heaven opening up. And he's, like, back into his regular like mundane life yeah he's just stuck it's like you know it like we're a slave to all that but also it yeah we're a slave to like you know working and just like you know having to be this like person like you know like uh you know like a contributing factor to society you know and he doesn't want to be that right and, but and it's it, and also just like routine right yeah. like you know that's that's part of that too it, you, that you, you know that's safe having that job having that like, right. comfort but and then and then you know stepping out of that when he does go like he calls that girl he like you know goes to Soho at like late at night during a work uh, in a work week it's it's him stepping out of it but it's also him not realizing like you know what should he like he doesn't know he doesn't really know what to do yeah. right well it's like yeah it's biting off more than he can chew yeah it's literally just like yeah like you said I mean he's sort of guided by his horniness um he's a dog he's sniffing yeah. and he he met this girl who he thinks like you know and again we talked about how he was reading tropic of cancer and that book's a horny book yeah like he's just putting out there that he's horny like you know and so the girl's just like oh that's one of my favorite books rosanna arquette and then he's just like oh yeah like yeah. i've read it before i just like to read it again like that's like his flirting mm -hmm. and so once she gives him that sense of like oh here's a number for this you know it's yeah. just like he pretends like he wants to go get her friends coasters or paperweights yeah yeah her, but he really just wants to yeah. i mean he even tells her he just really went there to like talk to her yeah or yeah. hit her up and that's that literally is what gets him in all that trouble is that like him following like literally like a dog just going after that and just not you know he's literally given signs he's given literal signs and literal things to show him that you know not to do this 
Yeah. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's everything's like going to go bad and these things are all going to be connected. You know what I mean? Like those little like um, like precursors to whatever's going to happen, you know, and then even like one of the best ones is when he's just like, I mean, I don't even know what it's just like a crazy thing, right? Like he talks to that um, the artist about the when he was a kid and they put him in the burn ward and they had to blindfold him mm-hmm. and they told him not to look. And then he's about to say that he took off his blindfold and what he saw, but she falls asleep on him. And then when the girl comes back, he finds the burn cream in her, you know what I mean? Yeah, in her bag. Yeah, yeah, in her bag. And so when he undresses her when she, after she had killed herself, she has no burn scars on her. You know what I mean? Like, it's literally just like, there's all these things just pretty much just, it's literally just like a nightmare. It's like literally just like his own. He's given every obstacle, like, you know, that anything bad that could happen happens. You know, there's no, nothing ever good is like, oh, this is, you know, like for him to move forward. Like any like good sense is for like, gives him like the idea that he should move forward. But it's like every bad experience is right. like, he's trying to just like, you know, crawl himself out of this Yeah, situation, and it's also just you know? because he's in that situation that, you know, he, he gets offered these things by these crazy people like hey like you know literally like it was funny like uh, how we were talking about when we were watching that literally everybody is blonde that like tempt mm, a tem- yeah. like basically tempts him into their house yeah and by doing that he gets in some sort of trouble yeah. like you know but he's also not thinking he's sort of thinking but he's he's just like trying to survive at that at like certain points but at the same time he really does think he might get like laid still you know like there's yeah, that's still, still in that, the back of his mind. Yeah, there's still that that's still that hit in the back of his mind. <laughs> and that really is I mean, you know, this is not anything that, that I would say that we do recently. But I mean that's oh. obviously you know, when you're twenty one, that's sort of that's a regular night for you. That's your mindset. Yeah. You're 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 set on stuff like that and you'll go through those things, those stupid things, those, those, those stupid obstacles. Jump through those hoops. Just because you think you might yeah. get laid. And it's really kind of it's really sad. Yeah. It, it's really pathetic. Obviously, I'm not like condoning that in any way. It's really like terrible because it, it, it literally because we, watching this film is literally it's just like you do like a line of coke. You take like a shot and you just go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're just like, I'm going to I'm going to get laid. And it doesn't matter where I have to drive or it doesn't matter who I've got to have in the car. You know, it doesn't matter who I have to get a drop off. You know, it's like those things. And this movie really like encapsulates that and like literally the best way because it's not it's not even really showing that it's not like a movie full of sex and like drugs. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Yeah. He has doesn't none even of that. do any. Drugs. Yeah. He doesn't do drugs. He like yeah. literally like he I mean, I think he smokes, but he says it's not real pot, uh, which yeah, is another even, crazy thing, doesn't too, like, which I feel like have that's a drink, right? Like, no, no, he never has a drink. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, literally, but, like, that's another crazy thing, too. He's just like, yeah, that's not real pot. It's just, like, he literally just can't, like, yeah. even do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He can't even just, like, find some stimulant to get out of the pain of what he's going through. Mm-hmm. It's all just, like, fake or whatever. And that's, yeah, so that that's another great thing about this movie is that because it encapsulates that, the idea of the drunken, drugged-up horniness that leads you on these odysseys, mm-hmm. you know, that leads you into Oz. And then yeah. when you end up somewhere on a couch and you're just like oh my god i should just be at home it's like six in the morning yeah. and i don't think i'm gonna get late after all <laughs> yeah you know what i mean, I mean like that, yeah, that's the thing about the odyssey too like you know like uh 
Homer is like just trying to get home, or is that his name, Odysseus or somebody? Uh, yeah, I no, Homer. Homer's the one who said the author. the he's the one who who uh, was saying the Odyssey. Yeah. But the main the, you um, know, the main character of the Odyssey is like you know he's trying to Ulysses. He, yeah, Ulysses. Yes, yeah, Ulysses. You're right. Okay, so Ulysses is that's his like you know he's I was just gonna trying say Holden to Holden Caulfield. <laughs> he was just trying to get home, you know, but he's still tempted by all these things that like you know that he encounters along the way yes and that's what like griffin dunn's character like happens right. to him because yeah, after yeah. a while he's kind of like done with like everybody he just wants to get home yeah, yeah he he's wants, griffin done with them. he just wants like you know the the subway fare but yes everything like you know but, just but, like yeah. skews him like a different it, it way it sort of sends direction. him back to those things yeah 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 like every time he tries like he thinks he has a way away from it mm. he just ends up back there yeah even the cab thing when the guy steals his 20 dollar bill Right. Another blonde just leads him into her apartment and like, like accuses him of being a burglar. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. What I'm saying is that if you haven't seen After Hours, do a line of coke first. <laughs> maybe take a shot. I don't know. Maybe do would maybe take a maybe take a fucking quick bong rip because Cheech and Chong's in this. Uh, little yeah. cameos. That's also like a kind of a fun thing for Scorsese. You know what I mean? Where he just really was just having fun, right? Yeah. That's why he like kind of got these specific like actors. I feel like. You know, um, Catherine O'Hara and like um, uh, uh, just uh, John Hurd, like mm-hmm. those particular actors, because I feel like they're like comedy actors, but they they can be serious, yeah, right? Like also dramatic. Uh, at the, yes, like even uh, what was it? Terry Sharp. What's what was her name? Um, she is the, uh, the waitress from the waitress. The bar. Yeah, uh, Terry Gar. Sorry, oh, okay. Terry Gar. She also is like. You know, she's in Young Frankenstein. Yeah. But she's also in, like, dramatic stuff. Like, she, like these people who are kind of known. And I and I don't really, like, I, I, I'm not really familiar with, like, Griffin uh, Dunn's, like, Griffin Dunn's. I feel like Griffin Dunn is one of those guys. I don't know why like, I keep saying dude. Griffin Dunn's, like, a filmography. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know if he was, like, a big comedy guy at the time or anything. You he's, know? like, one of those guys that, like, you know, they try to make happen. But he didn't, like, happen, you know? He's really good in this. He's kind of, like... He's just like he's yeah he is good in this, but like everything else like what else is he in? He's in that like Boys Don't Cry movie where he's like just like a is he? I, I yeah I don't you, I, you know I like, mean I I've seen him now obviously now that he's older I mean he was in I think he was in some episodes of Girls maybe yeah <laughs> or like I mean, How to Make It in America I think he was also in a couple of episodes he's just like one of those a lot act- of HBO stuff you know he's just but, one of those actors they were trying to like push on everybody but he just didn't hit you know and that's why I think After Hours is kind of a cult. Classic he was in the French or, Dispatch, or was a cult classic because you know no one really cared oh, about that guy. Oh, duh! Uh, American Werewolf in in London. Oh, he's the he's the friend. Yeah, he. So he dies. okay, so those are like the two yeah. that I can say where I'm just like, oh yeah, like I. But but I think he's really good in them. Mm-hmm. I think he's really good in both of these roles. Yeah. Um, so it is kind of surprising, but at, at the same time, I do kind of get it because. There's nowhere to like. It's like, what is he like? Comedy actor? Is he dramatic? Do we put him in horror? He's just films? like a handsome, like you know, like just the shrug your shoulders, cute guy, you know, like, like I don't know that was happening. Like you know, he's like, he's kind of one of those guys. Like I just like, yeah, I don't want to like him because he's just so like, yeah, feels like nonchalant do you, about do you, everything. Do you think he should have had De Niro? How do you think De Niro would have done? No, I don't. Role? I don't think no? De Niro's a little too serious at this time. You know? Well, what about King of Comedy? You don't think? Well, I guess that's kind of like that's kind of a that's a, that's a different it is role. a serious movie, but it but it also was part of the the cult classic sense, and that yeah. a lot of people didn't like it because it wasn't yeah. you know what I mean? It wasn't mobsters. Yeah, Scorsese. But I don't you know, you know I don't I don't I don't know I just don't see De Niro chasing tail you know 
Okay. Sort of, you know. Okay. Like, I, I. Okay. I. I mean, again, I'm not trying to say that it would be better with him in it or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of yeah. wondering in terms of like, you know, because De Niro was this guy. But I. Yeah. But again, what we're talking about is that like he, he obviously veered away from all that. Yeah, yeah. Like he was trying to like do something, and I and I. It sucks because I. I don't think it, obviously it didn't get a good reception. Mm-hmm. I feel like this also probably would pair good with bringing out the dead because it's sort of like that like an after hours as well just yeah. like a different kind of like thing but it's also scorsese doing something a little you know a little different than what he usually does it's yeah, like a horror sure. film you know and he doesn't usually do that mm-hmm. um but after hours it's watching it again I've, you know i've seen it a few times but i don't know watching it again it really does just so it, it kind of climbs its way up there with all his good stuff mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. it, sure it's the cult classic and it's like that but i really do feel like it it sort of is, I don't know, like it's a lot better than certain things. And sure, I, I'm saying this in terms of my taste of it, right? Yeah, I'm not saying sure. that, you know, obviously a lot of his movies are technically better than this, mm. right? Like this one has some good camera movements. It has some like great stuff in it. But, you know, it, it's obviously not going to be like Goodfellas yeah. or something. But well, I would say like, you know, I you, I don't know. Like I, I think this is better than The Departed, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah, okay. I yeah. think this is more of... You know, you know his the voice. The Departed is so like it's just so straightforward. You it know, is it's straightforward. So, like, like and, and it just feels like another Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like just with cops. Just the, yeah, the editing and the cuts in the The Departed is just so like it's yeah. like, kind of mechanical. Almost. Yeah, like, this and, is a movie, right? And that's yeah. why I like the King of Comedy too, because it's like him doing something a little different. You know, mm-hmm. he's like taking a little bit of a risk. Yeah, and I think it works out. I, I don't think it like I don't think he failed at all. Yeah, I think it really everything he was trying to convey. You know, again, just being coked out and horny mm-hmm. is what it comes through on the screen. It's what yeah. you see. You know what I mean? And and you feel that. You really feel that 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 energy. It's just the same thing, like, and again, I, I, I feel like if the Safdie brothers did, like, some screening for, like, the cast of Good Time, mm-hmm. they would, like, show them this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, Scorsese, this, like, this, and John Cassavetes, like, The Killing of a Chinese Bookie are pretty much just Good Time. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I get you. Like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you, like, kind of combine those together with mm-hmm. the, like, the, sa- the, you know, obviously the Safdie's fra- frantic energy mm-hmm. that they have. That's, like, Good Time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that that's uh, but this I think relates in the, in terms of like that, and that it's it's about two people who are they're they're on they're on a mission to get something, yeah. And it doesn't matter what gets in their way, they're gonna try to get it, even if it's not really the best thing they should be doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and they're both kind of characters that you kind of don't know if you should like, you know. Mm-hmm. Which I, which yeah. again, which is a great thing about Scorsese, and and again, certain filmmakers we'll talk about it in good time, but mm-hmm. Scorsese does it really well. Is just making you sort of you you follow these characters and you're not sure if you like really should like them right like you're just kind of like oh this guy's kind of like weird yeah like but i mean yeah honestly like especially in after hours there's like there's like nobody like that's likable kind of no nobody at all which is fine you know yeah because this is one like it's just one of those things that just i mean cheech Cheech and chong are probably the most likable characters (laughs) yeah and they're the ones who steal everything. Yeah. But everyone is annoying and like yeah. you don't like them. Like yeah. you're just like, what the yeah. fuck is wrong with everybody? But, yeah. Also, like, I mean, with this movie, After Hours, like, it, like I kind of don't, I, I kind of don't want to like it for some reason. But I mean, after watching it again this time, I like it's, it's, I like it. And it's like hard to ignore, sort of, because this is such like a, the script is so like, you know, like 
every fucking single dude's fucking dream to write sort of you know yeah it's just like uh so you're right it's like romanticized in a weird way like you know this is like everyone's wet like every like male screenwriter like is like they want to write this film yeah you know and it and it shows that it oh like, yeah it shows like <laughs> definitely you know because all these women are just kind of like fawning over him and he can't like you know but he can't fuck him for you know like but it's and they're all crazy which yeah. is obviously what a man would write yeah. right all the women you are know, like, like insane yeah, and she's crazy. Just crazy i didn't they're all know. just worried about their hair and yeah. just like stuff like that but no no absolutely but yeah it, because it's scorsese like behind the man, camera bro. it <laughs> makes it you know worthwhile like it makes well, okay. it a good film for, I, I, you, know? you know no I, I like that you say that because yeah because it is scorsese scorsese mm-hmm. it's like or scorsese which one Sessi. is it i don't know it, you can go either way you can go Sessi, <laughs> no i know he doesn't Sessi. care or he yeah. does he probably does care but we'll respect you either way yeah. um it's like it, it doesn't have such a like a, a macho touch on it yeah it's not so um like yeah it's not so horny again like we said it's Mm -hmm. not sex it's not violence it's not that yeah like it but it still has that undertone and again like you know he's giving those like those women characters as kind of i feel like a lot more than maybe the script probably would you know what i mean yeah or maybe i could be wrong i don't know time you know maybe the script has them like written like that but i feel like he probably like was just like yeah no they, they need to be like Mm-hmm. characters and yeah. they are right like yeah they are yeah, each of sure. them have their own very distinct like reasons and like yeah sure that they, they come off crazy to griffin griffin dune griffin dunn i don't know why i keep saying dune i don't know either it's, <laughs> it's annoying me <laughs> griffin dunn i don't know why they like, done did it they, so <laughs> you done dune did it you know so I, I don't know like uh why they're so attracted to him necessarily yeah like but at the same time but that's like the but, thing that's like like you know but they all fucking, seem like they've had some sort of trauma yeah like exactly. you know what i mean like they've gone through so we don't know their like yeah. story and yeah. like i feel like that's that's another thing that like you get from watching it and that's scorsese i feel like behind the camera as well is that you're not like right away like yeah i mean maybe there's some people who are watching this and just laughing at the women and stuff like mm-hmm. that as characters but i think we as Criterion Cult podcasters yes. are watching it in a way that we're just like, oh yeah, like no, you, you sort of see that they have like a trauma too, like they mm-hmm. have something yeah. going on with them, and he's just some word processor. He doesn't understand like the shit that they're going through with all the people they've yeah. dealt with in well, Soho. That's you the know? thing too about like his character is that he like he tries to ignore that, you know, and that's exactly what a guy would try to do. Is exactly, like, yeah. but because he still has a one track mind. But then he, st- but then he expects them to listen to his woes mm-hmm. and yeah. his like, I'm this, and yeah. listen to me be like this, and like even the yeah. even the one guy that he goes to this house doesn't want to listen to him like mm-hmm. talk. Yeah, because he hasn't wanted to listen to anybody, mm-hmm. and he hasn't wanted to give anyone any kind of like, yeah. you know what I mean? Respect. Yeah, he's literally just being horny and just being like pretending to like. You know what I mean? Say, yeah, I can't get home. I can't do this. I've been, yes. like, you know. Yeah, but yeah. you got yourself into this situation. Yeah, you the whole went time. there. Yeah. Like, yeah, why would you put that $20 bill on the fucking ashtray? Yes. When this guy's driving fucking nuts. Yeah, it's you like know, that's you like wanted so, to lose like, it. That's so, like, why, you, just keep it in your pocket. Like, keep yeah. it in your wallet. Like, what the fuck is going yeah, on with why you? Why did you bring it out? Yeah. Like, there's, there's like, no, no reason. reason. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely no reason for him to do and I think that that entails like you know like the whole the whole adventure like there's no reason for him to do anything but he does it anyway and he you know he kind of realizes not even realize he just realizes that he's still stuck in this mundane work nine to five uh, you know culture that America is you know you have to do something 
or you're not a contributing member to society because he goes into these all like kind of like things uh-huh. where yeah, like yeah. you know this gay <clears throat> leather scene like yeah, you know this punk, punk rock scene, scene. Yeah, yeah. and he's like he obviously does not fit in because he's just a fucking yuppie right. yeah you know and he's trying to you know and he knows he doesn't want to be a part of that yeah so he just kind of has to even like, when he gets that invite yeah for that same bar where the mm-hmm. punk scene is at yeah like and now he's invited there there's nobody there yeah but like the old lady yeah like, and, the, and yeah, then at like, the end of the film he's just dropped off in front of his fucking job like you know disheveled and he just goes crawling back pretty much yeah to mm-hmm. what he was trying to get away but he could like and he's even more more gray and mundane than yeah he's before. like matching the scenery now, yeah you mm-hmm. know where he was like you know like he sort of popped out a little bit yeah but that black shirt like you know made him pop out like, yeah yeah you know, it, like yeah it made him look like something else yeah. besides yeah like but, you said like the yuppie but yeah he's not he's still this you know gray fucking monotone like you know yep. monotone you know person just like you know doing what he's told and he doesn't like what's going on out there because he can't you know he can't figure it out he can't fit in i guess you know yeah, so what do you think? Uh, do you think Martin Scorsese was trying to say something specifically, like, with that? Like, because, you know, I completely, like, what you're saying is, like, mm. that, that literally is the movie, right? Yeah. Like, but, I, but I'm wondering, like, is he, like, yeah, is he trying to say, like, oh, like, don't, you know, if you're in the workforce, don't try to do this. Like, stick to your shit. You know what I mean? Like, uh, just, or, or, like, don't. Yeah, I, I, well, you know what? I, it is. It is sort of, right? Like, because that's always been, like, mm. his thing, right? Even with Goodfellas, it's like an outsider trying to like get into a thing yeah even into the mob and outside yeah even like wolf of wall street right like he like jordan belfort's like an outsider from wall street and like he he wants to get in he does all these stupid horrible things to get in so it is very much in line with that and so yeah so like i guess yeah it's just sort of showing you it's not really even saying anything Mm. i guess right he, he, he's just kind of showing you like he's never saying root for these characters yeah he's just kind of showing you this is what this is mm-hmm. and so think about that yeah like, think he, about yeah, how Scorsese, this... like is just presenting these things you yes. know he's never like trying to make you you need to make a choice right it's right like, right yeah like more especially so, with like, wolf of wall street yeah. like at the end of it like there's people who saw that and like damn i gotta be like him yeah and there's people we all you know we saw that and we're just right. like damn that fool's a fucking loser yeah. like what a piece of shit i wish i was like that but bro. yeah but so many people <laughs> bought into that and yeah. that's a whole like you know personality after that you know like yeah, that's someone's uh-huh. personality like yeah. you know sell me this pen you know like you know fuck you like you know but yeah and this too it's just presenting this guy like who's in this you know like stuck in this nine to five and then he he goes out of like you know it's like adam and eve like he goes out of he eats the apple and he yeah, doesn't yeah, like yeah. it outside of the garden of eden you know right. and he just has to go back he has to yeah. go crawling back and they you know they let him because they knew he was like you know they just have to let people like you know these like like he's a slave obviously and they have to like let him taste it the like the forbidden fruit but he can't get it so he just goes crawling back you know because it's what he knows and it's what he's stuck in and it's he's never going to get out of this kind of like you know this yeah he's just going to get what he's he's meant to get yeah yeah wow that's really sad yeah it is sad (laughs) it's a sad movie it's a very sad movie it's a horror film if you ask me if you've seen Um, anyone after hours it's they're sad yeah. yeah, that's true. You know, that's very true. This is they very have much their head it. on the bar, and they're not <laughs> lifting their head up. Yeah, look, I mean, all you have to do is call me, and I won't go. All right, yeah. you could just say, "Hey, Jordan, come watch a movie, maybe start a podcast." <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> all right, but yeah. 
Yeah, no, so that that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and again, like, it, you know, because you could just watch this as just like, oh, this is a silly comedy about yeah. a guy who just, he's just horny and he gets in some mm. wacky shenanigans. Yeah. But it really is, I mean, to me, I, I do see it as kind of like, and again, I don't think, obviously, Scorsese is just kind of presenting this to you, so you make your own choice of that. I'm seeing it as like a sort of that idea of not necessarily don't step out of your comfort zone, but be prepared to, well, to fail and that, be prepared to have to like deal with being uncomfortable that, right that's like what i mean by he's just presenting it he's yeah, not yeah. making you make yeah, he, a choice no no exactly on, yeah the end, you know? like, like that's not what he's yeah. saying you know what i'm saying i don't yeah. even know what he like you know yeah. i don't think he's trying to say anything again he just presents that to you yeah. he's giving you that but i'm he's just letting like, you make your own choice right yeah he's yeah. not saying what's right or wrong you know yeah it's kind of mm-hmm. there and yeah. you can you know you could take what you want from it yeah and that's what masters of filmmaking do. Yes, they do. Uh, should we do our final thoughts yes, on After we Hours? Should, yeah. All right, Mondo, you go first. Uh, yeah, I mean, After Hours is, I mean, you know, like I said earlier, I want to hate this movie because it's such a fucking screenwriter's wet dream on film. <laughs> and he's lucky, that the, the screenwriter is lucky that he got Martin Scorsese to direct he's, it. You he's know? lucky he was coked out at the right you time. And, it, and also, we didn't mention, too, this feels like such, like, you know, it's so dreamlike in that weird way where like you're explaining a dream to someone and nothing makes sense from like one thing to the next. And that's how this film feels like in such like a great way. Like I've, it's just, so, it's yeah. presented so well, you know, yes. where yeah. it just like goes from the next thing to the next thing. It's like, yeah, we were doing this. I was doing this. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, like for some reason, this guy was, you know, like he just gave me his key, like, you know, like, and he was going to give me money, but the register would open for some reason. And I went to his apartment and, you know, like, yeah, it's, just, it's like, like how we're talking about that scene where it's just yeah. like, oh yeah. Like I went to your apartment because I saw someone broke in yeah. and I saw you on the balcony and you dropped the keys with your mouth. Yeah. And then and when I went up, up, but then yeah. when I went up, you were tied up to yeah. uh, like a pole. Yeah. Like that's literally, but you said dream. you were giving him this sculpture that you gave. Yeah. Him. And then, and then yeah. when I, and then when I untied you, you said, oh no, I gave it to them Yeah, and I sold it to them. And it's just, yeah, it's just like, yeah, that. Yeah, that that literally is very much just like a real dream, like yeah. what that feels like. Yeah, yeah. You, it's like you explaining a dream to someone where like and know. and not to not to cut you off, yeah. but you are you're totally right about the the screen the screenwriter. He wrote the uh, Vampire's Kiss, the Mar- uh, the um, Eddie Murphy movie. No, the Nicolas Cage one. Oh, okay. The really? screenwriter of After Hours wrote oh, wow. Vampire's Kiss. Okay, yeah. Wow. Yeah. This fool was fucking, and that's the, and that's the only other notable yeah. kind of thing that he did. Yeah, I looked that's at it. I didn't wild. even see. They, I didn't, Scorsese was coked the fuck out. I didn't see anything like of note that he wrote, but he wrote like a few, you know, a few things. Obviously, this yeah, guy. he wrote like eight things. But Vampire's Kiss is like wow. the one thing that you could that I think anyone would recognize, right? Yeah, we all yeah. know that's a crazy Nick Cage when he's a vampire. That's a cult movie, you know. That like, yes, yeah. but that's Scorsese must have been like literally like. I'm telling so you, so fucked up I'm, that nobody was like sending him scripts. I'm telling that, you, you know Scorsese was like, you know, he was like, he was, you know, he was struggling in the '80s. You know, yeah, it wasn't yeah. until Goodfellas that, 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 that like he it. was like this auteur, like, and people started like, oh, this is a guy we need to pay attention to. Oh, and right, after right. like, you know, and, and, and also, uh, and he thank makes God str- for Thelma Shoemaker editing this as well. Oh, okay, yeah. She added this. Sorry, I just shout out to that because that like helps. Yeah, obviously, yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah, that like cuts the story. Like you know, it has that touch of a woman, 
where it's not where you said yes. it's not so macho right it's not like you know it's like horny but not in that fucking like that dude way you know where where you're just like yeah all the, all these women fucking want me you know and shit like that right but right, yeah right. this is like a weird period for scorsese because you know like anyone else who made fucking mean streets tax taxi driver raging bull would have been like oh yeah what what else is he gonna make Right. And this is this is a guy struggling, you know. He's kind of doing it because he needs something to do, you know. He yes. needs to direct yeah, something, yeah. and you know he makes king like in and like yeah. He needs coke money, which all, you know. We're all, after we're all hours is kind of like you know like it's it it's almost it can be one of those eighties throwaway mo- comedy movies, you know. But it's not. It's not. It's and not at all. It's because you know. And like, you're right. It, it has be. its re- res- renaissance. You know? But they, they uh, that's what I'm saying. They try to make it be. That's yeah, why exactly. it's so like lost. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But finally, Criter- Criterion released this fucking movie. Yeah, people have been waiting yeah. for it. Yeah, people I mean, have yeah. been waiting for it. When it was on streaming service, people were going nuts about that because again, it was it was hard to find. Mm. You weren't really able to like just like watch it anywhere. You yeah. can just buy it. You know what I mean? And again, we everyone, you know. It, it don't matter who you are, unless you're like a Marvel fan, mm. like a super diehard Marvel fan. Yeah. You got to love Scorsese. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you want to find every movie that he has. I remember like our good friend Aaron, he had that like box set where it has like a uh, guess who's knocking at my door and like those older, like oh, those yeah, older, okay, like yeah. uh, black and white films that he did before Mean Streets. Yeah. Was and it I, Boxcar Bertha? Boxcar Bertha. Well, yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then yeah boxcar bertha who's that knocking at my door yeah and then there's like another one i can't remember what it's called but it's sort of like you know it's about like young like mobster guys like Mm -hmm. italian guys like hanging out and like falling in love and stuff and even those are like you can see that like oh i think who's knocking at my door is on the criterion channel right now too oh yeah Yeah. all right well check that out everybody um yeah because it's got harvey Keitel. it's like really good it's Mm -hmm. like literally i think it's like literally the pre uh pretty much what mean streets becomes yeah okay right it's like pretty like that's what mean streets is it's pretty much him kind of showing about this guy who's worried about his faith his mobster friends Mm -hmm. and some girl that he likes you know what i mean which is kind of like the like mean streets pretty much Mm -hmm. but those even watching those like those are like everything's like very distinct from him Mm -hmm. and so because he's just so good like it's just like this film is like again it just rises above the rest of those things that's why goodfellas is such like the probably the best mobster movie probably besides god the godfather yeah because it literally is it has a a, someone behind it who's like not just trying to like show you like violence and like things like that and violence and sex yeah it has this weight to it yes it has like a real weight it has real like gravitas yeah as we we don't like to say Mm -hmm. but that's i mean but that's real yeah it's like what it really is and this like you 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 watch this and you're just like oh shit like this is like something Mm -hmm. there's more to this than just a wacky night on the town comedy Mm -hmm. yeah like there's some you know there's a reason why tropic of thunder is a of the book or tropic of cancer sorry yeah (laughs) it's a reason why he's reading tropic thunder the book yeah no tropic of cancer there's a reason why he's reading that you know there's reasons why those things and again i don't know if those are in the script you know who knows scorsese might have changed a little bit those might have been his touches right yeah yeah uh those was that your last thought uh yeah i mean sorry like I said, we kind of got into a discussion yeah. again but uh, so give it a rating we do like yeah. ratings it's a zero to five. Zero obviously being the worst yeah. five being the best it doesn't really mean anything but we just like to do it you know to give yeah. you guys a good like idea of what we thought about it yeah I, I mean yeah it's hard like i 
yeah, four point five. I give it. You know. Okay, I feel that. Like, all right, and and so like my last thoughts. I mean, I pretty much kind of because Scorsese has better. I think that's why. Sure. It doesn't, sure. But you know, yeah. it, it's up there. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, this is better than Gangs in New York. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like way better. But departed. I will <laughs> like say and shout out to um, uh, Michael Balhas, Bal- Bal- who was the um, cinematographer, RIP, mm-hmm. of Goodfellas, The Departed, uh, After Hours, Gangs in New York, Dracula, oh, okay. Passion of Christ, uh, just a bunch of good shit. Wild Wild West, Quiz Show. Uh-huh. Quiz uh, Show. Oh, yeah. What about Bob? You know what I mean? Like just yeah. good stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, shout out to him because this, uh, the way the camera moves here, and I, that's gonna be my last thoughts is just saying that I love the way the camera moves in this. It, it's obviously his signature like stuff that he does here, but here it really does feel coked out. This one feels <laughs> like he's coked up, and I love it. And mm-hmm. it just, it. But you know, it, it, it. You can't even say like, "Hey, Scorsese, like get back to this," because he's always like this. He's always moving. He's, he's made, always he's, he's gone more into that. Like, yeah, you know? literally, Especially Wolf of first, Wall Street is literally this times like a thousand. Yeah, it's that first know? scene, but yeah, you know, like where he like pans the camera and zooms. Yeah, that's like Wolf of Wall Street whenever they're in the office together. Exactly. You know, like and so like that's I mean that's my last thoughts. I, this is a great film. If you haven't seen After Hours, please check it out. Um, it's available on the Criterion Collection. Uh, it's not on the channel yet. Hopefully, they'll they'll throw it on there. But you you can rent it. On, it was for a minute, and then it was on yeah. HBO too, like you yeah, said. It was, and now it's yeah. off. But I think it's because it's being released. Yeah, yeah. So you they have to buy it. To buy yeah, it. yeah. But I'm buying. Honestly, like I, I'm. The, if you can't see me, but I'm literally saluting Martin Scorsese right now because he is literally saluting his eyebrows. He's <laughs> he is literally and Griffin Griffin Dunn has some pretty crazy eyebrows too. Yeah. Um. Uh. Just saluting eyebrows all all around. Like just yeah. and and just just like literally Scorsese like God bless you like <laughs> yeah. please protect this man with all costs yeah. I don't want I, I just want you to make films till the till forever till I die yeah. please this, I'll, yeah. I'll give you my youthful whatever youth I have <laughs> I'll give it to you so you continue to make movies because watching something like this and just you know us talking about it it's just you, you know that it's a Scorsese movie you just yeah. know and there's no like uh, it, it's just beautiful this is a 4.5 4.5 as well for me mm-hmm. um Check out After Hours, um, and then we're gonna we're gonna have, we're about to have a good time, and we're gonna yeah. get into good time. We're gonna get into, and again, not in a bad way, but the Safdie brothers sort of you know ripping off Scorsese in in, in a way. Yeah, doing but, the Quentin Tarantino. Yes, much. but yeah. not in a bad way. Again, yeah. So good time. All right, it's time to get into my pick, which is again Good Time from 2017, directed by the Safdie brothers, Josh Safdie, Benny Safdie. Um, here's another uh, synopsis from Letterbox. Are you ready for a good time? Ugh, ooh. After after a botched bank robbery, lands collar after that one. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's not good. It's rough. After a botched bank robbery, lands his younger brother in prison. Connie Nikas embarks on a twisted odyssey, ooh, through New York City's underworld to get his brother Nick out of jail. Hmm. Who's in this? You're asking. Uh, well, Robert Pattinson is playing Constantine Connie Nikas. Benny Safdie as Nicolas Nick Nikas. You got Buddy Duress as Ray. You got Tyla Webster as Crystal, the young girl. You got Barkhad Abdi as Dash, the park security guard. The great Jennifer Jason Lee as Corey Elman. 
And uh, yeah, just a bunch of other people that are just not actors, yeah. but that you know they do a good job here. And I'm not trying to discredit them. I'm yeah, just not. But trying it to is mostly them. Pattinson. It is mostly but, Pattinson, you know. and 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 uh, the Safdie brother, and and the other. I mean, I, like after watching it again this time, I was like, oh, he's not in it that much, but That's I re- I do really think he gives a great performance, Benny Safdie. You know. Oh yeah. As 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 uh, you know, Connie's brother. He absolutely it, does. Let's just never. I never not believe him as this character. I will just know? say, let's yeah, let's just get that. Let's just talk about the elephant in the room. You know, he's playing a disabled person. Yes, and yes. he's not. Obviously, yes, at he's all. Not, yeah, um, but he doesn't play it. He doesn't go as they say in Tropic Thunder. He does not go full R. Full R. Yeah. He does not. Go, I am Sam with it. He doesn't even go Leo and uh, Eden Gilbert Grape with it, or Rain Man, or Rain Man with it. It's very much it's 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 uh it's subtle, and and it's more body language than it is like yeah, trying it to feels real like yes, where it's like not just like making a a, a silly voice or something. Even though mm-hmm. he changes his voice, but yeah. it, it's 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 not. Yeah, it's called it, acting, Jordan. No, no, I, I know, but that, I'm saying he's not making it silly. Yeah. He's not making. He's not again. He's not going. I am Sam with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whereas, yeah. like, that's where most people go when they think of that's what they have to be as yeah. play to to play like a disabled person or, mm-hmm. or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and yeah, so it is a great performance because it walks that line so perfectly mm-hmm. when it could really just go very badly. Yeah, like, definitely very badly. Yes, it could. Like, uh, yeah. He, Benny Safdie like walks that line. I don't even say he walks that line because he does it so well. Like where uh, you're not, right, you're right. He's, where not, he's not even, even yeah, like teetering on bad. Sure, know? where absolutely. it's like or cringe. You know, yeah. It just it's just so like yeah. That's a real you know that's a real person. That's you know he's like being asked these questions at the very beginning of the film, and he's giving you know honest answers. They're not jokey or anything. Like they're not played for laughs or anything like that, and. And the psychiatrist's reaction to his answers are very, I feel very real too, you know, where it's just like, you know, they're just trying to hear this person and what, and, and yeah. trying to like, you know, like uh, they want them to elaborate on certain things and stuff like that. And that, uh, that feels very real for that character, that Benny Safdie's uh, character, you know, as right. he is playing a, you know, a mentally handicapped person. Yes. You know? uh, yeah. And so, that's uh, another good thing is that you know like getting into that right off the bat the story is that like uh, you know uh Robert, Robert Pattinson Connie wants to take mm. his brother out of that program yeah cuz he doesn't think that he belongs there he doesn't think yeah. that he's handicapped or he doesn't think that he's you know he needs that um but at the same time when they're running to the restroom after they got the ink exploded after they robbed the bank he tells them that his brother's handicapped and that you know mm-hmm. like a, a paint fell on his head and he you know what i mean yeah like he uses it and, and that's kind of like the whole thing that that's kind of robert pattinson's character is that he just mm-hmm. uses everybody in anything just to get whatever he wants like he has like no care like one of my favorite scenes is when that guy uh, is explaining a buddy duress is explaining, you know, how he ended up in the hospital and with all like, Oh the yeah. His whole were. story. And yeah, he explains yeah. that whole story where he gets the acid and the Sprite and all that stuff and blah, blah, blah. And it's like this whole compelling story. It's a really great story. It's like a whole short film. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's like really good. And then it just like tells him. And then like Robert Pattinson's just like looking up adventure land. Cause that's <laughs> yeah. all he heard was to yeah. find the money. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, hello. He's all, hello. 
And he's like, he's, and he doesn't say, he literally just turns around and looks at him. He's like, look, this is what we're going to do. So we're going to go yeah, back yeah. to adventure. Like he doesn't he's even. A, yeah, he's already scheming. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't like, he, he, he does not care. You know, even when he tells like the girl, like, you know, I, I think, you know, you're, you're part of something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're part of something. And that's like what, so he's just so like one track mind that like he is sort of like messing up his brother's life. Right. Mm -hmm. Like his brother should have that care. His brother should be in that program that he's in at the beginning, but he just takes it from it and Mm -hmm. thinks, Oh yeah, I'm going to take you to rob a bank so we can get out of here. Yeah. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like that's no, that's not good at all. Yeah. That's (laughs) true too. Like, you know, when, uh, you know, Benny Safdie's character says too, he's like, Oh, we're going to go to a farm, this farm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But you know, I'm sure like, uh, Robert Panson Connie's character like Robert Panson Connie he's like he has really no intention of that kind of you no know? it's I don't think it, he would he wouldn't even know how to yeah you know uh, what I mean? yeah if he did get there he wouldn't know what to do he yeah would just have to like he would just know. manipulate people and like do what he does mm-hmm. throughout the movie yeah just find ways to stay in people's houses and like you know what I mean yeah, use their use phone them, use them, yeah. <laughs> you know like that's it's it, it's also just like a crazy thing because again, like you don't know, you know, you're just like, why do I, why do I want to see this person get to the end of the finish line of whatever that might be? Right. Mm -hmm. Whatever Connie's finish line is. Why do I want to see him get there? You know what I'm saying? Like you're watching the film and you're just like, you're watching him do things and you're just like, this is like, this guy is fucking dumb. Like this guy sucks. Like what he's doing like sucks. Like everything he does, like is no good. <laughs> he never makes I, yeah. a good choice. Well, I, well, how you worded that, like how, like you know, like why do I want to see him get to the finish line? It's not so. It's not necessarily him getting to the finish line. It's like, is he gonna get to the finish line, or how is he gonna get to this this, you know, the finish line? It's not that like I want him to, but he's so like determined, like his character is so determined to do that. And, and again, he doesn't even really, I mean, spoiler alert, we spoiler shit, spoiler yeah. shit here, but he, you know, he doesn't really get to what his finish line is. Of course not. You know, and, and, and there isn't even, you know, there isn't even a finish line for him to get to because literally his brother is, you know, sort of in duress when he's in jail and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he ends up getting the help that he needs. Yeah. And it's not because his brother fucking br- like bails him out of prison mm. and does all this crazy shit. It's because he does get caught and he just like, yes. you know, it wasn't my brother. Right. It wasn't him. Like, you know, yes. it's my fault. Like I made exactly. him go on it. Obviously took advantage of him. Right. Like, you know, going on this fucking robbery. Yeah, He literally like says like, hey, like, mm. you know, he didn't know what he was doing. Like, yeah. I just, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's why he ends up in those classes and does that stuff. So yeah. it is like, so I guess it is kind of like a finish line, I guess. He does kind of make because yeah. he does help his brother, mm-hmm. but it is sort of the same thing with like after hours where, you know, it's the horniness and after hours, and breaking out of that cage of the mundaneness. Yeah. Here it's sort of like the breaking out of the cage of like you know his grandma telling him what to do, yeah, yeah. and having like his brother have to be in that program telling him what mm-hmm. to do, and like him probably not having a job and him probably not you know what yeah. I mean. It doesn't seem like a person who would ever have a job, even though he like talks shit to that one guy. And he's just like, he's like, you're a piece of shit. He's like, yeah, I'm better than you. He's like, look at you. He's like, you just came in. You started getting drunk. He's like, that's fine. That's fine. Like, that's who you are. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know? And I thought yeah. that was, and then even when she offers him weed, he's just like, nah, he's like, I'm immune to it. It doesn't do anything to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then he has a tattoo on his back that says power. 
Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he is like a psychopath. Yeah, like, he yeah, thinks that he is like a superhero. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He thinks that, like, you know, when he tells her, he's like, oh, my purpose here. Like, yeah, he's, he's like, you're all part of it. You know, yeah. Like, and he's like, literally, like, yeah, sociopath, not a psychopath. He's a sociopath. Yeah, yeah. Because he literally is just like, no, 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 I'm what's going on here is real and, and it needs to happen. Like, I need to be doing these things and you yeah. need to help me do it. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, it, it's for a greater good, which is like nothing, you know? And like, that's another thing too when he even says like, oh yeah, I, I, like, you know, I used to be a dog in my, or like, I, I think I used to be a dog in my past life. Mm-hmm. That's why they like me so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and he's just like, and she's like, did you dye your hair? And he's like, yeah. He's all, I'm just kind of a weirdo. Yeah. Like, you know? Oh, yeah, he's just trying to play it off. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, I just found it in the, you know, right. the medicine yeah. cabinet and stuff. Like, he's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it's just like you're I'm a sociopath. Weird. I'm just cool. Like, you know, just like, Yeah, like, but but he's doing that, obviously, because he's on the run yeah. from the cops, like, to hide himself. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, yeah, you're just like, you're a sociopath. Like, yeah. you can't just, like, like, every move he makes is, like, determined to just try to get out of the last thing he did, sort of. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he's creating these problems for himself, you know. It's never like, you know, he just walked into it, you know. Right. Yeah. And yeah. he just has to like, you know, he just has to figure his way out of it, I guess. You know? Yeah. And I, and I will say that, I, I you know, I, I paired it with After Hours, but I really wish Dog Day Afternoon was in the Criterion Collection because I think those two, these mm-hmm. two films really go together, especially like the performances. Yeah. Robert Pattinson's performance is very similar to uh, Al Pacino's in Dog yeah. Day's Afternoon mm-hmm. where it's like that desperate where you, they're just like trying to do something for somebody mm-hmm. and they're just like you know even when he tells that girl he's like don't be confused he's like you, you get confused it's gonna like mess me up like it's gonna make me mad yeah. you know what I mean and that's like literally Al Pacino in Dog Day Afternoon where he's yeah. just like look everyone just just do what I'm telling you to do yeah. or else you're just gonna make me do something stupid you know what I mean just like yeah. follow what I'm saying like you know it's like that frantic energy but it, but it does work with After Hours but I think like that idea of like you know when you you know, it's the same thing with after, you know, we were talking about where, where you're like, you know, you're, you know, you're young, you're horny and you're just like on that odyssey to like yeah. get laid and you go yeah. through all those things. And here, I think it's like that same idea, but it's just like when you make a mistake and you just are trying to cover up that mistake. Mm. And so you just yeah, continue to make to it. Yeah. yeah, you just continue to make more mistakes mm-hmm. over and over again. Again, eventually he does own up to it at the end, but you just like there's no way like it's pretty much just like you have to like. Be like, all right, like, uh, yes, I did that, or like, own up yeah, to whatever. Yeah, that doing was because like, there's, yeah. there's no. Because at the end, he's cornered. He, yeah, he has no yeah. other like option, pretty much at that at that point. You know, right? Yeah, he's in the back of the cop car. It's like, yeah, how else was like this guy gonna end up? He wasn't gonna like, you know, get away from all of this. Yeah, crap, no way. You know? He was gonna either end up dead, like the guy who fell off the roof, yeah. or like, yeah, in the cop car. Like, mm-hmm. there's no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there is no. Yeah, I remember when we first, when we saw it. Like, I was like, oh yeah, he just like that's a that's such a perfect shot you know just him in the back of the cop car like yeah like thinking he's finally like yeah yeah try yeah uh, yeah trying to think of like how is he gonna get out of this but he's like confined you know finally yes. and he can't be out on the run you know right because he's been because le- he like this whole film he's like been let loose yeah you know? he's literally just and as finally, soon as he bursts in the door in the therapist's office yeah he's just like a fucking tasmanian devil yeah it's just like do this and he's just grabbing his brother go here go just th- like you know? you know it's like just like after hours like his job was his confinement and he was yeah. let out of the gate 
Griffin Dunn like ends up going back into the gate, like you know, into the jail. Pretty right. Much, yes. You know? Yes. Like he he has no yeah. other way. Like you know, cowering away into back to work and not he can't right. do this. You know. But but Robert Pattinson was sort of should have already been in jail. Yeah. And exactly. so that's why he ends up there. And he needs to be because like, that's another thing too. Like he's also out of his element in the same way that Griffin uh, Dunn is like in Soho in in that movie. Like he's. Yeah, Robert Pattinson is a petty criminal, but he's not a criminal like the guys that he meets who have like the acid and stuff. But he's not that. Yeah, he's you know, he just, like he doesn't have a gun. Like those guys are gonna get guns and come back and like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's like they're like serious. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's just him and his brother. He. I, I feel like he has no other like but yeah, people that. But you know what I mean? Nobody wants no, to hang out with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because he's a fucking but, prick. Like yeah. they say in the movie. Pattinson's character, like he has no real place in society. Like, no, not at all. Like you know, he yeah. yeah he does need to be confined and in jail. Like there's no he's he just can't you know like really like you know which is like a perfect why they why he's always dressed different. Mm. He's always got everyone else's clothes on. Like he changes his hair. Yeah. You know what I mean? He has a security guard security thing on. Then he goes to his house and he takes the security guard's clothes. And then yeah. he has all the different clothes changes that he does mm. at like when he robs the bank. Like yeah, he just like doesn't belong. Like there's no yeah. him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just like he, he can't do anything but that. Yeah, he can't just, be a contributing member to society yes, at yeah, all. Yeah. Like as much as he's like feels like he's trying to be that. Right. He's, he's an not. He's not. <laughs> yeah. He just like cannot. Like Yeah, he's like literally a piece of shit. Hmm. But he's like one it's like one of my favorite characters in cinema. Yeah. It's the same thing with like Dog Day Afternoon because yeah. they're like they're not I, they're not even anti heroes. They're not hmm. even like they're they're like nothing. They're just these people that you're just watching just fall apart. And like yeah. that's but also or, like at yeah, the same, just trying to keep it together. Yes, try to keep it together. And but also it's just like, oh yeah, like they're that like you you know, that that's more relatable, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah, than definitely. seeing some yeah. sort of straight laced hero who just does these things. When I watch somebody like Robert Patterson in Good Time, yeah, I don't think I would make those decisions, mm-hmm. but I would make decisions like those in in the kind of a lesser kind of bad choice way. That's right? funny that you bring that up, like how, how he's more relatable, like like Al Pacino's character is, because they're so, you know, they're not, they're not the best at something. What I feel like everything is always trying to like do, you know, like he was the best, like this and that, and right? Then like, yeah, yeah, or like something like that, you know, like, and these people, you know, these people are just normal. They're just, you know, regular, yeah. pretty much. You like, know. they literally have, like like you said, they don't contribute anything yeah. to like, society. Yeah, Pattinson's not the best criminal. Like, he's, yeah, like, not he's fumbling through yeah. everything. And especially, like, you know, like Al Pacino's character in Dog Day Afternoon, he's he's doing this because he has no he feel like he feels like he has no other options exactly and, and that's what pattinson is yeah, too they like, also look at it as like the system is giving them yeah. those options to have to be like that they're as bringing well. them down yes you know and yeah. they they're like you know they're doing a hell mary pretty right. much but it's like this is like also it's funny there's like that one scene they're watching cops and they that one very famous cops episode mm. where that lady drives into the cop car mm-hmm. and then she has the knife and he pulls her out of the the van she falls on the knife and stabs herself and they just like don't care yeah they're just like oh well nothing we could do like she did it to herself Mm -hmm. and like he says he's just like he's like turn this shit off i don't want to see them justify this yeah like that's like such a great like like it's like the most like anti-cop like line in a movie ever Mm -hmm. because that's literally like yeah it's like him being like the system is doing that to us yeah 
That's what they're doing to us. They're making us crazy. Yeah. They're making us stab ourselves. They're making us, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're making us. He's been, yeah, like, like, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like, the establishment is making him do these things. Yeah. And he yeah. has no other way. Yes. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that's what he has to do. Like, and, and he's and, doing him. Like, so fuck it. Like, right. fuck you. I'm going to do it. Yes. And so. Rage Against Machine, fuck you. I'm exactly. Gonna, I'm not going to do what you told, yes. tell him. Yeah. We already got in deep in that, but let's just talk about how great the score and the editing yes. and the cinematography mm-hmm. is. Because I, mm-hmm. I just want to talk about, you know, and, and a lot of, honestly, the score in After Hours, too, kind of, like, has the vibe of mm-hmm. of good time. You know, it's just, a, it's not just so, like, it's just not so fast. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like it feels very much like that. And mm-hmm. I, 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 there's just no way, and there's no way in my mind that, like, the Safety Bros weren't thinking of After Hours when they made Good Time. Oh, yeah. You know sure. what I mean? There's like, because again, Good Time is very much just like Scorsese and John Cassavetes. It very much feels like Killing of a Chinese Bookie and like After Hours and like Dog Day Afternoon, just yeah. kind of all just like, you know what I mean? Those yeah. ingredients of like those type of films and those directors, which is like Sidney Lament, John yeah. Cassavetes, yeah. and Martin Scorsese, which are very much like New York, like. Yeah. And all, it, yeah, also it just feels so 70s too Yeah Because it's oh, yeah. so gritty Yes At the same yeah, yeah. time yeah. And, and it's all And but, just so like, you know Up close and personal With all the shot Like, you know It's yes. really like In your space like, and, and Where what, you feel uncomfortable Right yeah. And one of the greatest things about it Is that it's like controlled chaos mm-hmm. Like all the things that you're seeing Seem like they're just like Telling them We'll just go mm-hmm. And just do it And we'll try to film it But they like They literally are like Controlling that Like mm-hmm everything is choreographed which is crazy to me you know what i mean which is they have a little bit of special features on the the blu-ray that they have of good time okay but i think that's something that should be go more into depth in the criterion collection uh blu-ray they Mm. should release and honestly they probably will honestly i think we just got i think i just got to it a little early because they did daddy long legs they did uncut gems they're probably going to release this yeah, why haven't they done Good Time? It's I don't know. There's probably some sort of like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I, I don't know. That's kind of strange. But, you know, it, it's it, it very much, it just, it, like that, the, the editing, the pacing, uh, just just everything in that, like, sense is just like, um, it felt like fresh, even though, like you said, it did feel like a, a 70s film. But, and, and you, and you yeah. know, you, you know those influences, like we talked about earlier, like yeah. the Tarantino thing, where you yeah. can see those influences but he they remix them yeah. and they do them their own way that's exactly like you know like it feels fresh because yeah no one else is doing that at this time because everything is so like overproduced and like yes. you know digital yeah. like mm-hmm. it's just like er, like a lot of films, everything is Wonka. everything feel every like a lot of films just feel so like generic because of uh, digital like you know because they're not using film or they're just it's just digital like you know like, right and, 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 and most no, like they don't use real cities like yeah. real and no, yeah, real new no, york like, real, you know it feels like there's no cinematography behind it you know yeah exactly they just shot it because you know everything is so like you know like light doesn't really matter as much as right. it did with film you know where you have to like yes. light things like to like so meticulously you know like you know so it gets like so it gets like even on the film right so you could see it and like you know like so it's there's like you know there's like a lost art almost because new films don't really i feel like they just all look like the gray man you know and that looked horrible yeah yeah they all look like the gray man or they're like yeah like they look like netflix shit yeah or yeah. they just look like a Game of Thrones episode. Mm-hmm. That's like, you know what I mean? Like this, just like gray, muddled. 
where they're just like, well, it's going to take a long time for us to put details on this. Just muddle it. Yeah. Just make it look muddled. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That And here, uh, yeah, everything nothing, seems so everything real. is crisp. Everything's clear. It's like, but it's still got that grit and spit where everything is still dirty and mm-hmm. still not clear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If that yeah. makes sense. Like, it's still, it's still, you could see it, but you can't because everything's like running around. It's real. It's like, mm-hmm. it's there. You know what I mean? Yeah. The characters feel dirty too. Like, you feel yes. like you're in their muck, you know? Right. We talked about Safdie, but Robert Pattinson was obviously uh, snubbed for an mm-hmm. Oscar. Both yeah. of them were honestly. Yeah, I, I was gonna, I was getting to that, especially with uh, Benny. You know, his his performance. But I mean, this is a heartthrob I can get behind. Exactly. You know? This like, is this man. You know, fuck Griffin Dunn. Th- Dunn this man, Dunn. Th- Robert Pattinson, as literally, um, he's he's literally in my twilight years. He's 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 I love him. Yeah, he's literally one of my favorite actors. And watching this again, I am just like so in love with him again because, mm-hmm. it, you know, you know, you watch this, you watch the lighthouse, you watch the even the new Batman. He's doing what Christian Bale was doing when he was younger, that mm-hmm. like never being the same person, like twice. Yeah, and it's such like a good like the accent that he has in here, the character that he's created is not Robert Pattinson. You know what I'm saying? It's Connie. It's like that. Like, he is yeah. not anybody else. It's sort of like the way Jake Gyllenhaal does in Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they just, like, transform into this person. Like, this is very much like Daniel Day-Lewis type of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Really, it is. Where, like, you just don't recognize this person. And... Yeah, this isn't the person you thought it was. Like, yeah. after, like, you know, him being in, the whole, like, the Twilight song. Right, right, thing, right. You know? Yeah, yeah. This is not that Robert Pattinson, which is, which is great because he is a really good actor. And he... And yes, and, and trying it, to do good, right? And it, it it needs to be showcased because again, like it's it's all about, like you know, talking about like Al Pacino in uh, Dog Day Afternoon. It's all about like body language, and it's all about kind of how you carry yourself as this yeah. person, right? Joaquin Phoenix does it very well as well. Like also, yeah. where when you're playing somebody, you're ne- like, you know, Brad Pitt, for instance. He's a great actor, but he's always standing up straight, and he's always just, he's always that guy. Uh, yeah, I get what you're you saying. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Robert Pattinson, they, like, all, like all they, these, like that Joaquin Phoenix, they like bring Christian a physicality Bale. To yes, it. they yeah. like whether they're like hunched over, they just have like these weird mannerisms of the way they move. They make like, and that's what like Connie is. He's literally just like this, like, like this, like this sort of like bundle of like energy, mm-hmm. and like the way that Pattinson's just always like moving his hair and yeah. just like kind of like always just moving things and like grabbing things and like putting things on, mm-hmm. and he's always just like having to like move you know yeah. it's like a physicality like you you see him working yeah. but it's not robert pattinson acting it's that or, character or it's like, that yeah, character you, functioning like you, know? you brought up brad pitt you know like you know pattinson is a handsome guy mm-hmm. but also it, because he brings that physicality he doesn't bring that like you know just when you see like when you see brad pitt as he like you said he doesn't kind of bring that physicality to roles you know and, He's and, just and, always, and it's, it's sort of a different thing He's always kind of like gonna be like standing up straight and being like a guy, yeah. even if he's like gonna be crazy or something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or like you know, you watch but, Joaquin Phoenix and like Robert Pattinson, they're like yeah. they're like folded in or something. Yeah. You know. But like yeah, like you know, like as good as Brad Pitt is in Once in Time in Hollywood, it's that same kind of physicality. Like he's like you know he's yes. you know mm-hmm. he's in shape. He's a buff guy. Right. Like uh-huh. it, like yeah, he brought he still brought that, but he did, he's never brought like any kind of like. 
he's never like hunched over in a film or like you know yeah yeah just mostly exactly. like in true romance where he's just the stone guy on the couch like like even you know, in like 12 monkeys he's still like pretty like hot yeah, and like that's true I, I i forgot about that as one good as it is brings a little franticness as but, good as it is yeah. and even like fight club he's mm. just like he's supposed to be like this crazy part of this person and obviously he's supposed to be yeah. like this physical thing yeah. but yeah he's all even that's kind of crazy but he's still just hot he's yeah, still he's just still, yeah, yeah he's yeah. still bringing like you know like he's not he's not yeah tyler Durden is not an ugly person. Yeah, no, you know? and and Connie is. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, all through like through and through. Yeah, pretty much like you know? straight like, up. Like he's not like an attractive person at all. Like even the way he like the way he carries himself, the way he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like literally, everyone thinks he's a fucking prick throughout the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. Even his own grandmother is mean, just like, I yeah. don't want him back here. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, like you know, but he has a like he's a little charming. Obviously, he you is. Know? But he, which is kind of crazy, right? Like that's. That is funny that he's it's also this it's like that it's like the opposite of like um after hours. Griffin Dunn isn't charming to anybody. No, but not they're at just all, all like inviting. So like, but they're all so, just inviting yeah. to him. Whereas like, yeah, Robert Pattinson is charming. That's why because yeah. everyone's all suspicious of him, as yeah. they should at be. At first, yeah. Yeah, as exactly, they should but, be. But, but then he breaks because that down, yeah, like, he breaks quickly. it down. He's just like, Oh yeah, like and especially because he has his brother to use mm-hmm. as like that cushion yeah. to be like, you know what I mean? Whether it's because he thinks he's like in the wheelchair or whether it's like because he's you know he's like you know handicapped or whatever you know what i mean yeah that's like yeah he's just like using everything. that is funny because yeah because griffin dunn is like you know he's like you know like a typical handsome kind of guy like, yeah, yeah you know but uh-huh. he's so like once you talk to him he's like get away like get it like yeah. stop being like you know like yeah, he has like nothing to say he has yeah like, he has nothing time, to say he has yeah. nothing to bring like he's just so like complaining and whiny and yeah like it's like fuck you like get away from me you know so but yeah, yeah. Pattinson he's, is like the the hot guy can bring be bring, uh, be behind get behind i guess yeah in terms of like making himself yeah. like ugly yeah and that like you know brad pitt can play like some pretty like bad characters but he's still gonna look good yeah Pattinson, you know, in the lighthouse, he doesn't look good. You know, he doesn't look good yeah. here. Like, you know, he, he's like an ugly character. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think those performances are what, you know, that's what, you know, that's that's what Martin Scorsese is all about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He that's like De Niro. That's Pacino. They're characters. That's like uh, Pesci. Yeah. It's like it's not about the plot of the film. It's not about what the film's about. It's about the character. It's about creating a character mm-hmm. and really living in this character. And I think that's that's why these films go so well together as like a double feature. Because it's also because again, like I said, we could have done like uncut gems and this, but that's like just too too fast things. Yeah. Here you kind of have like a a different kind of like fast in after hours. Yeah. And yeah. then in good times, it's more just like that frantic, like you said. Like, which is a better way to say it than like sped up. It's like frantic. It's like yeah. not. It's not necessarily yeah. like on coke. It's like on acid. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, if we watched Uncut Gems, it's just too too similar. You know, and Scorsese brings a different flavor, obviously. Yes. And the yeah. Safdie brothers bring a different flavor to yes. what you know Scorsese was doing. You know. Yeah. So it's so it's a nice you know like break breaking up the you know right. And, and and again, I the you know, one note almost. Yeah. That's that's something that's beautiful about what a lot of '70s films do is like they have like again, you know, they're anti-heroes, but again, they're not even heroes; they're just people. And I think that's why yeah, the regular people. Yeah, I think that's why like Good Time. Uh, I think that's why Good Time 
well, anti-hero means that they're not heroes, but you know, we know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're not even like in the vein of anything. Yeah. They're just people just Yeah, they're spiraling. just normal people yeah. like, put in these situations and they're making the dis- they're these right. decisions that any normal person person might have made, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so I think Good Time belongs in the collection because I think it, it literally like you can watch this film and if you didn't know Robert Pattinson, if you didn't know the Safety Brothers, if you didn't know you would think this came out in the 70s yeah like you would have if you know what i mean if you just woke up from a coma and like you know the last movie you saw was like dog day afternoon mm-hmm. and you watch this you'd be like oh like this must have came out the same year you know what yeah, i mean it just fits in the same yeah it just idea. fits in that same that same vibe that same uh that same spirit yeah. and that's why i think i believe i i believe it belongs to the criterion collection because again the safety brothers already have daddy long legs they already got uncut yeah. gems good time was Good Time was the reason why I started watching Safety Brothers films okay, because yeah. this was such like a you know I I I, yeah. I, I only saw, I only went to see Uncut Gems because of this you know I, mm-hmm. I I probably wouldn't have if Good Time wasn't good I probably would have been like eh, all right Adam Sandler like they're trying to make Adam Sandler do this yeah. now you know what I mean yeah, but yeah. because this was so good I was just like oh hell yeah give me give it to me again with Adam Sandler fuck mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah. what I mean. And then I watched Daddy Long Legs, and that's not like the same kind of vibe, but it's still good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think the Safety Brothers are creating kind of like you know pretty good filmography that belongs in the Criterion Collection. Yeah, it belongs to be pres- it should be preserved. You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I have no argument against this film. Like we've been we've been like you know, we've been pretty much fawning over it the whole time. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily want to do that. But I mean, it is what it is. You know, the film is just good. It ta- it speaks for itself. I'm not gonna try and find like some hole in it to like you know re- right. be argumentative about it. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a good film and well put together. And it's something you know the Safety Brothers do well. This franticness where they are like you know where they're doing you know they're paying homage to their heroes in a good way. Just like. Tarantino does you know like no one's mad at like people want to be mad at Tarantino for like you know copying these like old films or whatever right but I mean he's bringing attention to that you but know that's also only because they barely started to see them yeah you know it's, I mean? it's that yeah exactly like he's like you They're know like, he's wait bringing, a minute he, he stole this from Lady Snowblood it, it's like you know like what we're doing with this podcast like we want people to see older films like we yeah want to bring attention to yeah film. or at least a variety of everything yeah right exactly like, yeah and everything. that's what Tarantino does that's what the Safety brothers are doing too yeah. you know yeah. it's just you know they fell in love with this certain kind of literally s- this cinematic language literally, that they like you good know? time only can shed the light on Dog Day Afternoon mm. and those things. Cassavetes like, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, Cassavetes, you know, shit like, like that. Because if you're like trying to look for something else like that, you got to look back then. Yeah. You're not going to find it no now. no one's doing it now. Yeah, like, no one's yeah. doing it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's why that's why Good Time felt so fresh when they did it. You know, like it wasn't because no one is doing that kind of thing. Everyone just so like uh, meticulous about film where it's so like you know overproduced like just how songs like you know when you like a band and they get to a major label they get overproduced and it doesn't sound as good as it when like you know you had the little hiccups you had the little things that made it interesting yeah it's just like oh yeah i, you know, I don't want to hear like a perfect song but that's you know? yeah exactly like this feels like you know you're in a theater watching yeah. it like you're in like a theater grimy theater you know what I'm saying? This doesn't feel like fucking 
you know, I mean, and again, as much as I love to, you know, sit in a nice uh, uh, movie theater seat, uh, you know, with a nice chicken strip or a popcorn or a beer. Um, <laughs> Get and, my and beer delivered like, to me. But yeah, like a whole couch to myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure, that that is nice. But this movie feels like, you know, you're just like, you're on the streets of New York and you're just like, give me, give me one for a good time. Yeah. And you just get in there and the seats and the seats are sticky. The men are sticky. It's just all sticky. Yeah. The floor and is sticky. The floor the is sticky. Is, uh, yeah. Something gross is on it. Yeah. The seat that you're sitting on is wider than the other ones. Yeah. It's just like dripping and you're just, you know, you see one guy walk in, he's enjoying it. He's having a good time. It just feels grimy. Yeah. It feels like going to the movies. And, you know, when Tom Cruise is, you know, he's up there to being like, I love my popcorn. I love movies. I love going. This that is what he should never, be talking that about. That popcorn in his life. This and is you what see he, how awkward that photo is? This, yeah. He, he, yeah. Chomping on some popcorn. No, we saw Mel Gibson in real life chomping on popcorn. That's how you eat popcorn. Yeah. No, you know? yeah, we did see Mel Gibson <laughs> eating popcorn and laughing his ass Just like off. throwing it in his mouth like an yes. old, like, you know, like a dad. Like how, yeah. you know, you don't just put it in your mouth. You throw it in your fucking mouth, you know? Yes. It's like, and Tom Cruise has never... Well, Tom Cruise doesn't put kind of that sh- kind of shit in his yeah, body. He's, he's, yeah. he's, you know, he's he only puts uh, the the Scientology liquid up his. Bu- There's up no GMOs in this man's. In his body. nipples, yeah. uh, he it goes into the nipples. The the yeah. Scientology liquid. Yeah. That uh, L. Ron Hubbard. I was gonna say Elon Musk. It's some idiot. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, some Musk is uh, floating around that I can. Smell, anyway, when you know? Tom Cruise is right there being like, "I love the f- I love film. I love movies." Yeah. He should be going to see this, not the fucking Flash. Mm. He should be talking about good time. He should be talking about real cinema. That yeah. cinema that you sat down and you were just like, my God, this is taking me to a place. Let the Safties direct a, a Mission Impossible. Um, you know, no, like, I mean, yes. I, no, get, keep, keep, keep all that to, to keep all that franchise shit to the, to, to the people that yes, want it. Yes, but... Nah, that would be pretty good, honestly. I guess because they're already gonna do a forty-eight hours remake. That's uh, isn't that like dead in the water already? Like, it might be, but still, like that's so what I'm like... saying. They are, they've already been offered like the bullshit. Yeah, I don't want them to do that. I want them to like get in the grit. But they're actually they're working on a movie with uh, Adam Sandler. So okay. get ready. Happy Gilmore two. Yes, it's actually <laughs> Big Daddy two. Yeah, uh, Big Daddy Long Legs. <laughs> um, yeah, so Little Nicky Long Legs got- two. <laughs> Honestly, if they did Little Nicky too, that'd be pretty good. I think they would do a good job. I think the Safis can do a really good Adam Sandler movie. Uh, next week on the Criterion Cult, Little Nicky. <laughs> I don't like Little Little Nicky, but I think if the Safi brothers did a part two, that shit would that shit would crack. It would fucking. I think it's crack. fine. You know, it's like. I mean, I, I you know I like I like Sandler's earlier stuff. I'm you know I'm a Madison guy. I'm a, a Gilmore guy. <laughs> Are um, you? you know, I thought you didn't like Gilmore. Uh, I, oh, I you're you were right. A wedding singer guy. You're right. I wedding don't like him. Madison. You're right. Madison, wedding singer. I, I'm not a water. No, no. I am a. I'm. I'm sort of a Gilmore guy. I'm not a Waterboy guy. Oh yeah. I water do Boy not like Waterboy. Yeah, that's. I. I just. Yeah. I can't. I can't have that. I did like it when I. Yeah, of course. When it came out, did, you know. But it's, it's one not one of those that I can return to and be like, "Oh, this yeah. is funny." But Billy Madison is fucking fantastic. Yeah. Wedding Singer is just a good film. This yeah, is it a is good too. Movie. Yeah, it's it just is. a good movie. I mean, yeah, Happy Gilmore is good too. But yeah, I understand with Waterboy because, yeah, we were kids when that came out, and we were just you know. Yeah. But. Yeah. Anyway, so this is not an, an episode about Adam Sandler, but you all heard that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, good time. It's in. It's in, baby. You good know? time. We've we had a good time talking about good time, and good time is in the criteria. And we did it after hours. Exactly. Yeah. 
and it's in and so if you guys haven't seen these films hopefully you have if you listen to this and you've gotten this far check these out because these are fun great films that are gonna i want you to watch these movies and maybe be like hey are there more movies like this and just look into that yeah and just dive into it because you know there's a lot of people who don't like movies about protagonists who are bad people who aren't like good people well yeah there's there's that thing where people just like oh there's no likable characters in this film yes you know like young adult there's no right. likable characters in that movie, but it's still a good film. Yes. And that's not, that's something, that's so weird that. And I will say this, you know, there's no likable characters in the film. You are not a likable person. Yeah. I'm not talking about you, Mondo, obviously. I'm talking about the people yeah. who say those things. Yes. It's yes, like, yes. I, I don't think I've ever liked you. Yeah. So imagine that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're dealing with you in real life. These are <laughs> yeah. these are fake people. Yeah. So just sit down for a couple of hours and deal with fake unlikableness because yeah. we're dealing with your unlikableness in yeah. real life for 24-7 I mean, you know, in that, the real world. That's like the thing. You know, like, you know, everything doesn't need a happy ending. Ending. There doesn't need to be likable characters all the time. Yes, there doesn't know, need like, to be the hero it's, it's who saves the day. It's showing this other side, you know? Like, yeah. it's where you can jump in and you get out when it's over, you know? Exactly. Like, it's... That's just what it is. Like, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. I agree with you. So, everyone, join the cult. Yeah. Share the, share the episodes. Yes. Let us know what you think. Argue with us. Tell us we're wrong. Do something. We need to have some pulse. We want to get engaged with you all. Yeah. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at Criterion Cult Pod, at Criterion Cult. Uh, look us up. We're we're coming up real good. Like yeah. you know, we're getting popular. I'm getting popular. Mono's getting popular. <laughs> we're big celebrities now. Tom Cruise actually wants to sit on a couch with us, yeah. take a picture of us eating popcorn with him, yeah. and just say the word movies over and over again because yeah. he loves them. He loves them. I don't know yeah, if he's we- ever seen one, but he loves them. <laughs> he's certainly been in them. Yeah. But I, yeah. So Tom Cruise is going to tell us we save cinema, not him. You know, no, he's I gonna mean, you know where credit do where credits do. Just know? wait to the episode where we have Tom Cruise and we're like, what are you gonna bring to the cult? He's like, I didn't know I had to bring a movie. Yeah. He's like, I was just gonna talk about movies, yeah. <laughs> cinema, yeah. popcorn, sit in a dark room, cinema. And he's like, film. the Criterion Cult saved film. <laughs> yes, yeah. like I, I, I and I agree with him. Yeah, he's right. Yeah. So he's follow exactly me right. on Instagram at Young Jane Fonda. You can look at, look you can look up my letterbox Jordan Garcia, yeah. Jody Foster Army. Mondo, where can we find you? Where can Tom Cruise find us? Because he's looking. Yeah, Tom Cruise, DM me at save underscore Mondo on Instagram, Letterboxd, all that shit. And Tom, just don't listen to our Maverick episode, but hit us up. But we did The Outsiders. Yeah, but he's not really in that. He's in it. Yeah, I guess. But in the in the in the director's cut, he's not really in it. But I mean, the I mean, we pretty. We, I mean, we literally say we're we're not ageist. We're Tom Cruiseist in the, yeah. <laughs> in the in the Maverick episode. So Tom, ignore what we just said. Give us a call. We want you on the plot. Yeah, Jordan, keep Join your the eyes wide shut. Join the call. <laughs>